Welcome back to the Devin Kershaw Show. I'm Nat Hers with Faster Skier. We are going deep today on the Olympics, on predictions, on the gigantic rigmarole that it is for skiers and coaches and everyone else even to get to Beijing. The gauntlets of COVID tests will have podium predictions, and we've got a guest star, Alex Harvey, the Canadian World Championship gold medalist, joining us. Stay with us. We'll be back in a minute. This episode of the Devin Kershaw Show is brought to you by Boulder Nordic Sport, the industry-leading resource for cross-country skiing equipment, waxing, stone grinding, and hand-selected skis. If you're looking to tour at a local park, finish your 15th Berkey in style, or aiming for the next Olympic team, Boulder Nordic Sport's passionate staff can help you get the perfect gear for your cross-country skiing experience. Visit boldernordic.com to shop one of the biggest selections of ski gear in the country and download a digital copy of the annual BNS magazine. Check out the Boulder Nordic YouTube channel for extensive waxing how-tos. Ski inventory is challenging this season, but Boulder Nordic Sport is receiving new gear every week, including the new floor-free race waxes from Holman Cole and Rody. Check out your options at boldernordic.com. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm surviving. How's, how's Harv doing? Good, dude. Uh, awesome think, to. I think we're past, we're past the a really long cold spree in in Quebec. Like today's the first day where it's sort of somewhat comfortable, but January's been really cold. So I think yeah. now with February coming up, we're kind of coming out of that cold spree. But it's been I froze my face a couple times, so that now sucks. it's nice to have the, the sun being warm and not freezing our ass skiing. That- that's sweet. Well, here in Lillehammer, man, there's no snow, so I don't know what the hell's going on. It's the driest. Yeah, well, there's snow, but it's very little. Like it's the it's the in the in the newspaper on the weekend. The headline of the title was "Worst Snow Year in Shushin Ever." Like that was the that was the that was the headline. And it's like since they started measuring snow snow depths in Shushin, which is like. Yeah. You, obviously a long like a long time ago uh never been worse so that's a bummer but not as big a bummer as covid yeah covid's the worst covid's the worst oh my god yeah yeah well we uh, we have uh, we're pretty psyched i guess we just get right into this we just not burn people's time on a bunch of shit well that's yeah. what this is that's, that's all that that's all this is but <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i do want to say so i'm I'm in LA. I'm getting ready to go to Beijing. I'm fly from Anchorage. I get to Seattle. I see a bunch of kids walking around in Montana state university, Bobcats gear. And I'm like, Oh my, you know, my college assistant coach, Adam St. Pierre, he's coaching MSU. I wonder if he's around. I'm like, is your guys coach here? Is it Adam? They're like, yeah, he just, uh, you know, went to get Starbucks. And so I ran into Adam for the first time in 10 years. And he's like, yo, dude, I was just listening to the Devin Kershaw show. And I just oh feel God. like everyone in the ski world, it's like, I, you know, I have another friend who went to NBC. She's in Stamp- Stanford, Connecticut to work with them for the Olympic games. And they were all talking about this Devin Kershaw podcast. And then I realized you were the, the co-host that I felt I, like proximity to fame. So, you know, you don't sell yourself short, Devin. Oh, I will. I will continually sell myself short. But one person who should never sell themselves short is Alex Harvey, Canada's best ever cross-country skier, hands down. And it's not close. And yes, I know we have other athletes with Olympic gold medals too. 
to be specific, but when you stack up through a whole career, I think there's absolutely, you can't hold the stick to Alex Harvey. And that breaks my heart to say, cause he's like my little brother. So that's kind of tough to say, but he is uh, on uh, whatever this project is right now. And the Olympics are a week from now. Who's stoked? I'm actually stoked. I'm embarrassed. Are you excited, Alex? <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I'm super stoked. And it's like, uh, we had the summer games just this summer. So it's like a, uh, it's an exciting 18 months or, or actually less than 18 months, an exciting 10 months. So it's, yeah. uh, it's good. Yeah. No, it's, it's really it's, exciting. I'm stoked. And it's, I'm, we're starting to see some, some pictures from people's Instagram stories and, and just Snapchats and stuff. It, it's an interesting scene out there. Like it looks like there's absolutely like zero natural snow, but I, I saw some of the setup in some of the rooms and stuff. It looks like a, actually pretty nice for an Olympic village. So. That, totally. That's good for the athletes. Yeah, I, I totally for the, agree. For the races, so yeah, I'm for, for the all races the events. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, I agree with you, Harv. Like, I mean, we've I've been to four Olympics. God, somebody just wouldn't tell me to stop. <laughs> 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 you've been to three. You've been to three, and like, you know, there's this there's this really romanticized thing about the Olympics. But in as an athlete that has to race all these competitions, it's it's actually kind of annoying. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like. You're, you're in a weird venue. A lot of the time, the courses are kind of, the course is usually good and stuff, but like the Olympic village scene and like the calf and like, like all the accreditation, the security, you're walking around in these weird clothes. Like you feel like you're right in a Will Ferrell movie. You are in Blades of Glory. Like that's, that's exactly that's, what that, it is. And that is in normal times. Yeah, that's in normal times. Exactly. Yeah. But, but, but that's like without COVID. Saying, yeah, that's without <laughs> COVID. Yeah, exactly. So then, but, um, you know, like the, the rooms, like Alex said, like, man, remember our setup in Pyeongchang? Like, it was heat oh, yeah. to the max. Yeah. Like, well, for me, dude, ugh. you said like you had, you had four Olympics. And I think like your first and second Olympics, like it's back then, like the team was sort of setting up outside the village. Oh, yeah. So those were like the best, for me, like our first, my first Olympic, your second, like, it was home Olympics in Vancouver in Whistler. Yeah. And we had, we were staying in black Tusk and like met like super nice house. We had our chef. So for me, I was like, Oh yeah, the Olympics is just, it's like, it's even better than, than a normal world cup. Then we were in Sochi. Sochi was actually sort of like a satellite village. Remember Kirsch? Like yeah, the, the it was cross good, country. Actually. It, wasn't that it was bad. actually nice. Like we were in like a big yeah. cabin, all the guys yeah. hanging out together. And again, we had a chef, the team had a chef bringing out some food and we could go to the cafeteria, but like a smaller cafeteria. But then, Pyeongchang for me was oh, my yeah. first time like being in the big village and yeah. it's like you said like huge cafeteria like 24 7 just like super annoying logistic but it's you get used to it but it's just like any day like if you're trying to ski twice during the day you basically oh. have to wake up at like five in the morning just to be able yeah, to put totally. in like two two workouts during that day because everything takes so much time so it's kind of yeah, yeah the olympics are uh, something special yeah, for sure. But I, but so, so to hear, like, and I'm with you, I mean, I'm, I've been following this stuff too, same as you, Harv, since we know everybody that's there and like, it's, it does look good. I mean, like, I agree. The rooms look good. They look like the, the courses look great as, as you would expect. It's so arid. It's so dry in Beijing. Yeah. And, but like the courses look perfect. Like, I mean, it almost looks like soldier hollow type conditions where it's just pants are perfect tracks. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. should be, should be interesting. But before we get in, here's the whole deal with this, this little discussion today. We're going to go through, because this is what Alex and I have spent like probably, oof, 
at least a third of our time was just like trying to call podiums, mostly for like the women's races, because it's hard to call podiums in races you're actually in. So, but, um, and then we'd have major discussions when to see who would, who would call it better or worse. So we're going to get to that. We're going to do a little competition during this Olympic games that they just like, just like old times, Harv, Harv versus Kirsch, Harv, Harv versus Kirsch. Kirsch, here's the deal. A gold medal is worth 15 points. Silver okay. medal, silver medal, 10 points, bronze medal, five points. Okay. Perfect. So that's, that's how it's going to be in what's, uh, what's, what's at stake. Yeah. Well, we can, we can talk about that, Alex. And I, we got to do something good. So it we used to do be like good. a big chocolate bar. It used yeah, to be used like to... a big milk chocolate bar, but that's now it's like, yeah, we got to go bigger than that. Yeah. yeah. We got to go bigger than that. Like Kirsch yeah. is almost a doctor. Like he's got, he's going to have a, he's <laughs> yeah. going to be a well, baller soon. So we need, we need bigger like prizes. You just both like big milk. You, yeah, you both exactly. have a, you both have a world championships gold medal. You could put those up against each other. No, but what's the point? Then it's a then it's a well. It's not. It's it's actually way worse for Harv because he has two, so he could lose one. No big deal. He doesn't care as long as the team sprint one he loses, he's fine with it. But like for me, if I lose my team sprint gold, then what do I have? I got nothing. So, but um, before we jump into the fun part of this podcast, there's a couple housekeeping issues that I really wanted to talk with Alex about, and I'm just going to jump right into it. This is incompetence. Have anyone else noticed that Nordic skiing is the only Olympic winter sport that has been in full shutdown mode? Like, there's been no World Cups in all of January. Nothing. Yeah, France the and uh, yeah. the other. Yeah, France, like the yeah, France and Slovenia. Slovenia, canceled. yeah. Canceled. And that that's, you know what, in all defense, that was government regulations that that put the kibosh on those events. And, and we got to follow those rules, of course. Like, you, there's, there's no point questioning what the Slovenian government has to say. They're the ones that are managing their healthcare systems, all that sort of stuff. So I have full support of that, that countries don't want to have World Cups. Here's where I struggle. Biathlon has had World Cups. Jumping has had World Cups. Alpines had World Cups. Randonnée racing has had World Cups, like ski mountaineering has had World Cups. I've been watching them on TV. Well, I haven't been watching them, but they've been on TV here in Norway. And my ultimate favorite sorry for the fans out there of this sport but nordic combine is just crushing world cups like every weekend oh and, and the ski classics the thing yeah, about ski, ski classics, classics totally. it's huge like totally. the pool of because yes, it's you. not just elite it's it's yeah. the mass right exactly it's and like then thousands of people and then like so they're having la diagonella the marcia longa was today i yeah. mean like whole professional teams in the ski classics are getting nuked with COVID. Like, like Sunbee's whole team, they all had COVID last week. Like they missed the Dagnella <laughs> and stuff like, like, but they're like marching on this. I mean, like help me help you. We have a problem in cross country skiing. It's already the men's side of cross country skiing. Like we've talked about a thousand times, like she's boring, man. It's boring. It's Russia yeah. versus Norway. There's already a big problem with, like teams need to step up or find a way to be competitive because right now it's just Russia versus Norway and we've got to change that. But the other problem is if it's not even on TV, if we can't hold races coming into the Olympics, like how is the excitement for the Olympics for like the armchair German sports fan? He doesn't even know cross country skiing exists anymore. And like, I, it kind of bums me out. And especially because like this has the money, they have the money instead of just trying to call around and ask like, Hey, do you have a couple million euros to put on a world cup weekend in short notice? And then of course, Italy and Switzerland's like, uh, no, no, we don't. And that's fair. I totally get that. But this needs to kick in some of their money to be like, this is a crazy circumstance. 
we have to do this to save the sport, pitch in half or pay for the whole thing and have a race weekend in like the Engadine Valley or like just make it happen. Like, and if not, if you're even, well, you have to do that. You have to pitch in some money because we all know it all revolves around money. But oh, it costs so much money. It to costs host so like much a, money. A yeah, World Cup week- totally. Weekend. Yeah, yeah, you know how it is in Quebec and the Camel yeah. in Canada. Like we've been, we've been privy to those discussions. Like it's a huge stress, costs a ton of money, and to try and pull that together in like a week's notice, it's not going to happen. No. So FIS, so FIS is the governing body needs to take a leadership role and kick in some cash here, like to to get a race weekend off the ground. I think that's my opinion, yeah. and and the fact that they didn't is just like. I don't know, man. Like, and I'm watching like ski randonnée world cups, which I think randonnée is actually kind of cool. I think it's cool that it's in the, in the Olympics and stuff. I'm not trashing randonnée. I will trash Nordic combined once in a while. I'm not going to lie. I've been known. I've been known to, but, um, but, uh, you got to invite to Arnie Atlin to defend the Nordic combined. Yeah, exactly. Sport. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, but you know what? I'm actually pretty impressed though. You'd never see me huck my meat off any jump ever. So no. I have all the respect in the world for Nordic combined athletes too. I'm, I'm just using it as an example. Nordic combined is, is a smaller sport than cross country skiing even is. And so that's, that's where my, that's where my thought process yeah. is going there. No, no, so, it's bad. It, it's bad for the, the lead up, the interest in the lead up of the Olympics. And like you yeah. said, dude, the sport is in, I mean, TV ratings are in decline and just like yeah. to win is just as hard. Of course, like it's really hard oh, to win yeah. as King, but it, it seems like when you see only two nations in the men's and, you know, three in the women's with the U S or, or four with Sweden still out there, like, but it just looks from an outside perspective, it doesn't look like it's competitive anymore. because you're like, yeah, there's no diversity in the top 10. It's two exactly. or three nations most weekends. So when you compare it to other sports, you're like, well, yeah, it's, it's a second tier sport and it's not competitive anymore. So they, they got to find something to, to turn the ship around. But it's, I think FIS is just like, it's such a big ship, you know, like it's yeah. hard to oh, turn yeah. around a big ship and it's hard to turn around to get the, People that have been in the organization for like decades, it's hard yeah. to change their mind. It's hard to, for them to think outside the box. They're used to one way of thinking. And it seems yeah. like when they start at FIST, like they're there for almost for life. So that's another thing. That's another issue. Like it's, it's hard to, there's no turnaround at the top at, decision, at the decision-making level. So I think that might explain some of the, the decisions that are being taken. To throw one thought in there, I mean, I also wonder, I mean, there's this discussion in the U.S. all the time about, like, well, I think less so recently, it made a lot of success for cross-country, but there, at least when I was working at Pastor Spear full-time, there was always this question of, you know, should should the cross-country ski team secede from the U.S. Ski and Snowboard Association because, you know, they were an afterthought for downhill skiing and, you know, would benefit from their own leadership separating from the organization. I mean, I kind of wonder about that with this too, where it's just like, you know, why? It's not like cross-country is going to be attracting, like, the best talent and marketing minds and leadership at this when they've got other sports um, that are that are you know attracting a lot more eyeballs like downhill skiing or even then you know you I I go work for biathlon you know it's like the most exciting game around so yeah for sure I just, yeah just wonder if that's like you know ever been contemplated but even that like I, I'm gonna jump in on that because that that is like it's interesting until you like start to like scratch a little under the surface I think it's pretty easy to say like ah we gotta go it alone <laughs> but like when you start digging in to the machine that is alpine skiing in european like world cup alpine skiing you realize pretty quick 
the money behind alpine skiing, like you kind of want to hitch your wagon to that a little bit. And here's some, here's some big examples of that. Like just look at Gruyere. Okay. Like Gruyere, like how many top Swiss or French, cause you know, Gruyere cheese, the, the area that comes like it's right on the border there between France and Switzerland. Can you name top athletes in cross country skiing that come from that region? No, you can't not like Laurence Rochard, like 20 years ago. And other than that, there's been nobody. So they don't have that like tight knit, like local hero that they're cheering in cross country skiing, yet they're kicking in a ton of money and they're kicking in a ton of money. Cause it's all part of like the fist Alpine, like family, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think they're selling I, a package. They're selling, they're selling a, package. a package. Exactly. It's a more so, interesting package. Yeah, totally. So like, I think, I think the go it alone in cross country skiing right now, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be pretty hesitant to, to think that that's a good solution. Uh, because like you said, ba- IBU goes it alone, but Bathlon's actually exciting to watch on TV and they have fans. But I don't, and, does he mean fish so. or does it just mean the U.S. like, you know, U.S. No, you mean fish, right? Yeah, I mean, I, what I was saying was sort of like that was a discussion that I think happened in the U.S. and it's something yeah. I wonder about. But I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with you, Devin, that it's sort of like, you know, that's where the money's at in, is in the downhill yeah. skiing. You don't want to detach yourself right at a moment where you're kind of where your viewership is Hurting. going off the cliff. Totally. But, it, but at the same time, it does sort of present some questions around like, okay, where is the leadership for, for the cross country within totally. going to come from? Yeah, that's true. Happening. Yeah. And that's true. And that's, and that's totally fair. And that's what Alex and I are talking about. And you're totally right. Like that's what we're all, I think that's what anyone that cares about international cross country skiing should be scratching their head with is like, where is the leadership within cross country skiing? at the top and are those voices being heard and it appears to me they're not being heard because i'm not seeing any international no, no. and, and i know like i know pierre mingery and i like i mean alex and i've been on the tour for a hundred years i know yeah. how hard those jobs are like i'm not trying to shit down their throat like it's 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 really challenging but like alex is saying it's like this wheel is like a huge huge like oil tanker super tanker and like let's not get it stuck in the suez canal here like let's just try and like have some direction well, in what we're doing and it's and, not and I, a, i don't know it's, it's not about the pure minories and the your no no, no exactly. it's like it's like no, they're no. working as hard as they can it's the folks at the top level of yeah, this yeah, who yeah. don't have cross-country skiing at their front of mind maybe we need yeah. to rally our audience to sign a petition and have it hand delivered in Beijing yeah, to yeah, exactly. you know, this boss, whoever it is. I don't know. I mean, They're and you hear so much. Whatever. <laughs> so, no, but I think I, I it's just, yeah, I, the, the long story in short, like, I think we're all in agreement. We can move on. It's, it's like, I'm just bummed, man. I'm just bummed that like, we're already, like Alex said, like we're, it's already like a kind of a struggle point in, in international cross country skiing, especially on the men's side. And then now you don't have any races before the Olympics while every other winter sport is on TV and it, it just not setting up well for these, these marquee events at the Olympics. It's just not. So that's one thing. And the other thing too, like I wanted to ask Alex about that. Cause it was, a, I actually ran into Easton Pedersen out skiing with his family the other day. And we talked about this briefly and it's like the tour de ski, what an amazing idea. And like, what a toothless beast. Yeah. It is. <laughs> you know what I mean? 15 Ks in sprints. Like that's minute, it. minute like bonus when you ski. win the sprint. What was that? Yeah. yeah. What, now, this what year was that? a, I mean, it's the tour to ski this year for sure for any, like it's hard still, but it's a joke compared to what it was like yeah. back in like the days that Northug was trying unsuccessfully yeah. to win it. Like, yeah. you know, the, the, the year they, they stopped doing the Cortina event, I think was like a big, a big blow to the, totally. the, the event as a whole, but there were still like some longer ish events and, 
but now yeah. this year, like basically all mass starts. So there's yeah. in the men's, at least it's hard to make a, a difference. And then, yeah, like sprints and it just the mass start to the last day, just it's, it's yeah. sort of a, it's not the, the challenger event that it used to be. Like, it's not like a real, like, yeah, a real exactly. tough man's or, or tough girls race anymore. Like it's sort of a bit, yeah, just another race in the calendar. Totally. And I think, and I think it's too bad. And I think that that's something that like, you know, if I was, you know, involved in fist, like I would start looking at like some of our, the marquee events on the world cup calendar and that being one of them, right? Like the tour de ski is an amazing event when it's working well and people show up and when the money's big and it's like, a, it's in a dead zone where nothing else is on TV, really. I mean, there's four Hills tournament, so you're competing against that, but you know, like it's a, but it's the holidays. Like people yeah, are exactly. People are sitting at home. TV exactly. Time. Totally. Yeah. They're totally. not at work. They're exactly. Not nine to five. Like they have totally. more time to what, but the, 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 like the money, I think is a good example. Like the first few years of the tour de ski, like back then, like, yeah, 100,000 Swiss francs. And now you, you watch like even a, a world cup back when we were racing that and like it was 15,000 yeah. Swiss francs yeah. for when now it's down to 12 or something yeah. like that. Cause I think exactly. they're spreading, they're, yeah, spreading, they're spreading the wealth to 20. down to top 20, yeah. but it's still like, it's still sending a signal that the prize money is downsizing. And yeah. we were talking two weeks ago about like the kids Buell and the slalom, yeah, like the kids Buell downhill and the slalom, yeah. hundred ten thousand Swiss franc one day, yeah, yeah. per day. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, two minutes. So those two, and, and yeah. this year there were two downhills in kids yeah. Buell. so yeah. that's yeah. three events that they're giving like a hundred ten thousand Swiss francs per for day, three days in a row, like for the winner. Yeah. So like those are like, and that's like the marquee, like, like the kids view yeah. downhill is the big oh, yeah. event in Alpine, oh, just like sure. the tour de ski was, or the Holman colon is, but yeah, it's like, exactly. now they're sort of losing a bit of a, yeah, a bit of prestige with the, yeah, with the totally. tour de ski. So it's exactly. It's too bad. And that, and that, exactly. And that's my, that's my point. I'm like, glad you brought up like kids Buell Cause we were talking about that, but like, I, like these are two events you have to like make a big story about and it's the tour de ski you have to make it hard like you're saying alex and you got to sell it you got to sell a sizzle you got pay a ton of money make it make it matter again and and have a good narrative and then home and make colon, tour de ski great again make tour de ski great again and home and colon <laughs> yeah exactly but a home and colon like we've been saying it forever there's only 150k every year and 30k on the world cup calendar come on guys like triple the prize money make it a huge deal. Cause it is a huge deal to win home and colon ask any distance skier. It's like, that's the only, that's the world cup you want to win, man. You don't want to win like Nova Mesto 15 K like you, you do. Cause it's hard to win world cups. Like I want to ride Binsky and stuff. Like oh, and you, and I, you do. They don't tax. Yeah. They don't tax as much. Norway's the worst. Norway's the worst place to win a race. Cause you get taxed up the ass, but like, no, but, but for the prestige, it's the biggest. For the event. Yeah, for the yeah, prestige, yeah. it's the it's the biggest yeah. event, and so it's it's time to start making the making the. I I, I think we should make like make a, make better stories out of it. One yeah. thing that no, is the a tour, story, the tour was really sad yeah. this year. Yeah. Like, I mean, Claybo yeah. is is oh, like a beast. On a, it was it's his best. I think like he's at his best ever. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. But, but like it's it's still like it looked so easy for him and it, it was sort of boring i'm sure yeah. for him it was exciting to dominate like that but as a viewer as an yeah. ex-athlete the men's side was boring the girls was exciting awesome like, the girls was awesome like there was like up and downs and like yeah. different winners a lot of days but like for the men's it was quite boring because it was it, it's like they, they made it for Clebo basically yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Any, I mean, like you said, I we talked about that during the tour, but like, uh, like Clay, but like what he did was just like it was. Uh, it was beautiful. The maestro like, was beautiful. It was yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, nothing the, against his Clay confidence. Bolt. Like yeah, the way he's exactly. sprinting now in his quarterfinal, yeah. he's Absolutely. starting last. Like it shows like so much confidence. Like before, oh. like he'd still the out the end result was exactly the same. He would still win the final, but now yeah. like the confidence he has, like to come from the back in the quarter and just save energy and things like that. It's it's like it makes it exciting. Yeah, totally. So so not no like we're not we're not taking anything away from the athletes that competed because like I mean there's we're seeing great performances. It's just that the 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 story is is weaker than it has been. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna touch on this a little bit, um, but we're not gonna spend a whole lot of time on it. But like selections, anything about like selections we want to mention? Or we're just well, like it is what it is. Selections, you mean in, in Canada? Like I didn't Olympics, follow yeah. in the states so much, or, or or you mean like the big nations like Norway? No, no, anything, or anything. No, 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 no. Like anything, anything about selections. Canada, the U.S., like uh, internationally. Internationally, I don't think there was any really big stories other than the one we're going to get to right after we cover yeah. this topic. <laughs> so, I mean, no, one, well, no, one's, no one's blown up my inbox with complaints. I haven't heard very much. I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, we could, we could spend a whole lot of time on it, but uh, there's more interesting stuff for us to talk about. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. one thing, I think there's just one thing that's where to know this, like we're bringing seven athletes to the Olympics for Canada and six are from the province of Quebec. So, I mean, that's oh, yeah. something. <laughs> oh yeah, we got it, Just, no, we got we got those extras. Oh, you know why? I'm glad you brought that up because we got some extras. And ah, that's is, true. There are extras now. There's, yeah, there's, there's there's eight, but I I I don't want to. I don't want to. Olivia's like, from Quebec, so now yeah, you're, know, you're bringing know. more. Yeah. I know. So here's the thing. I don't want to give Alex like he's the prince of Quebec. Life's pretty good if you're Alex Harvey in in La Belle Provence. So we don't need we don't need more. But I am going to spend a, just a quick thirty seconds to toot Alex's horn. Alex makes a huge point. Five of the eight athletes are from the, the province of Quebec for Canada, Canada's Olympic team, which is a fantastic, absolutely fantastic show of strength. And I tip my hat and, and I'm giving a lot, not a lot. I mean, you give all the, you give, there's all more the than province. five. There, there's, there, I mean, Catherine is oh. from Quebec. Olivia's from Quebec. Yeah. Remy, I can't Remy. I'm claiming. No, Remy, you man. can't Remy. You're not. Remy Remy. No, no, no. Listen no, no. to his name. He speaks no, French. Remy's his name is Remy Drolet. No. That's no BC. That's not no, BC. No, you're giving, you're giving Alex, That's you're Quebec. giving Dave Wood a heart attack. You're giving Okay. Okay. Dave okay. Well, well, you can keep, so, keep, keep but, Remy, but Olivia, Catherine. Yeah, Olivia. Yeah, they're from, it's five of eight. Five of eight. There's only No, but it's six. Really? There's four just from the Quebec training center. No, there's, okay, let's just count the non-Quebecers in the Canadian team. We have Remy, Daria, Graham Ritchie. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. We're talking about a dude whose name's Remy, like, Drolet, and he's not Canadian? No, he's Canadian, and he's Quebecer. he's Quebecer in my books. Roslyn. But he speaks fluent French, and his parents are French. That's like a half. Yeah, it's a half. So there you go, five and a half out of eight. No, 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 dude, it's more. Okay, from from the Quebec training center, there's Antoine, Olivier, Sandrine. Uh, Antoine's girlfriend, Laura, is there. That's four. That's four. Oh, yeah. Olivia, Catherine. Five. That's six. six. And that's six two. and a half. There's nine. Me. There's nine. Six that's and two. There's yeah. nine athletes with the bonus. Six right. and a half yeah. out of nine. Six, it's over six two and a half out, Yeah, there you go. Six and a half <laughs> out of nine are from <laughs> Quebec. <laughs> Thank you. I, you're right. Because with the allocation, with the reallocation, we got one more spot. It's true. Yeah. So, so, but I do want to spend, I wanted to talk 30 seconds about this. Because, like, this was such a phenomenal showing 
from Quebec. And it's something that I've been like. And trials were out west too. Just yeah, trials, like, of course. They weren't no, no, trials are out, no, they trials were in are west at altitude. There's been no racing. None of the none of the domestic athletes have been doing any racing last year in Canada. Everything was canceled. So it was an amazing, amazing outing. And and this is something that I, I mean, Alex and I, just to give people that don't know, they can hear it when we talk because we talk like we're family. Like we roomed together for over 10 years. He's like one of my best friends in the entire world. We know each other like, like family. But this was a discussion that we would have a lot, Harv. It's like the skiing culture in Quebec is fantastic in Canada. In the 80s, it really was the golden era of skiing for Canadian skiing was there was years that was all Quebec athletes at championships or all Quebec athletes on the world cup. And the national team, there was like jokes that it was like harder to make the Quebec team than it was to make the national team, you know, <laughs> because, yeah. uh, because Quebec was, had just such a stranglehold on elite cross country skiing in Canada in the eighties. And then it was like a 20 year drought. Honestly, it was crazy. Like during your career, Harv, it was like, it was you, man. That's it. Yeah, it was just me from Quebec. For, for like, for yeah. like, for like over a decade, like, like for a long, long time. And, and the crazy thing about this is like the ski trails were still great. The community was still super engaged. The, the club scene was awesome, but you know what the difference is? It's belief. And, and the, you, you have inspired a whole generation, Alex. And I really want to you. And it's like, it's incredible to see that it, it, it's paying back right now that is not to take anything away from Lara and uh, Olivia and Catherine and like, they have to do the work okay like Tony has to do the work himself it's not like you don't get an Olympic ticket because like Alex Harvey won a bunch of shit five years ago that's not how it works but but I am saying there's a real energy in Quebec right now and I'm glad you brought it up Alex and congratulations because I think it's really, no, really it's exciting. not on me it's not on me but I'm glad I'm really proud to like see yeah, these, you should be these kids be. who've worked hard and Yep, to make yep. it then yeah, yeah so you should be so it was, a, it was so amazing. closing the closing yep. the page on trials yeah yeah we're closing the page on trials here is where harv can we talk about the norwegian nightmare that is yeah the size around please, like please corona gate corona gate it all started with arl munson which, I know. Isn't, which, isn't that the best? Is <laughs> like, like, yeah, that's perfect. Like, <laughs> every uh, article, every yeah. article I read on Longgren or yeah. something, it's like, yeah. and all of that started or roots back to Arnold Munson. <laughs> yeah. So, so for people at home who are wondering why we're laughing, we we feel horrendous about this. This sucks. But Arnold Munson was our coach back in the 2008-2009 season for Canada, the Norwegian national team men's sprint coach, and he's a real character. He's a real character, and and the fact that it uh, the this outbreak, this Corona outbreak happened, and Al, and Arnold Munson was patient zero is, uh, it, it just sucks. I, I just I can't believe how strict everybody's been, and it, it, the reason why I wanted to bring up Corona Gate for with the Norwegian team is is because I kind I think it kind of highlights what these Olympics could be. You know what I mean? And, and oh, it yeah. breaks my heart. It's Russian man. roulette. It's Russian yeah, it's roulette. Russian roulette. It's a coin yeah. toss. I mean, it's, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, so it breaks my heart when you have like a two-time overall World Cup winner in Heidi Wang, who has had a good season this year, back in good form, like a huge asset to the Norwegian team. Individual medals, like you would think she would win an individual medal at the Olympics, like in the form. Yeah, that those scores could be could be suited, like, Yeah, it could have been suited, like really, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then and then. You have like Anishir Stikalvo, people at home that are like kind of armchair uh, followers of the sport. They don't even know her probably because like 
it's taken, she's 29 years old. It's taken her a long time to get up to this level. You know, it's, she's finally, she made the championship. Like this is a huge deal for her. And now it's over because of a sore throat. It sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, and then the big news, I think like, think about this Harv. like, like Kruger, who was, oh, who, was yeah. the, who was the king of, of Pyeongchang. Yeah. And oh, yeah. there is, there is nobody better at high altitude oh. on the men's world cup circuit than Kruger. And now he's sitting in a hotel yeah, room, like no, no. locked in a hotel room. He can't even go out, man. He can't even go for like a walk or anything. You know what oh, I mean? I hey, it's bad. This is, this is crazy. And I, I'm not trying to take anything away from like the absolute horrors of, of this disease. You know what I mean? Like we know millions of people have died because of coronavirus worldwide. Like people have lost loved ones. Like sport in the big picture is, is meaningless. So we just, we're, we're going to talk about this in the context of sport. Right. So, so no hate yeah. mail. We're just talking about this in the, in the context of sport. And, well, and can, can we, can we just quickly, you know, for the listeners that may not have been following this sort of like incrementally, like just what do we, we've got four folks associated with Norway that have now tested positive, just going through who they are. And then also how do, what do we know about sort of what, like how this might've happened? Okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll start with that. So so like Alex and I were saying, the first person on the uh, Norwegian camp to test positive was Arald Munson, who is the men's sprint coach. So now everything's on high alert. And he got, I actually tested positive. He went home to Norway a little earlier than everyone else. And he actually tested positive in Norway in the airport um, on the way home. Then the next two, a couple of days later, two women tested positive, which is really weird because the men's sprint team and the women's team in these COVID times are not mingling. They're staying at the same hotel, but they're like their own little bubbles. And two women get test positive in Heidi Wang and Anna Shirsti Calvo. And that's, that's throwing the Norwegian team for a huge loop, right? Like how the hell did this happen? You know? And then a couple of days later that after that, you have Seaman Hegstad Kruger, who is like, we are saying, Alex and I are saying like the biggest favorite to take individual golds. I mean, well, I'm asking in the 15 K class, but it's a big, he's a huge favorite like a huge, huge favorite in the cross-country skiing uh, Olympics this year to take gold. He tests positive. And so far, no other tests have come back positive. This is Sunday. We're recording this on the 30th of January. But uh, And Kruger is a member of the men's distance team. So here's the common denominator. The hotel that they were staying at, they're staying at Steger at Harv, like where we've stayed. It's awesome. Yeah. But like, yeah. It's, it's obviously coming from like a breakthrough. These, these breakthrough infections are happening like from the hotel. And here's the one thing, and I'm not trying to criticize because I know they, you, you know too, Harv, like how good they are at controlling their variables and everything. But I was a little surprised with this one piece. They've been staying at the Steger in, in um, Sizer Realm forever. So that's, that's like our, the Canadian team, we'd stay at Hotel Coombe in, in Davos. Like, Davos, yeah. Yeah, like Alex's dad stayed there. So it's a kind of like, these teams get these relationships with some of these hotels you just do. So the Norwegian team is this hotel in, in Sizerum, but I was really surprised Harv, you know, they didn't book out the entire hotel. There's other guests staying there. The Finnish team, Ivo Niskanen was staying at Steger Dali too. So okay. was, so was Bolshunov. So yeah. That's weird. So, yeah. So, so, and, and guests and like guests and stuff like, like just like random guests of the hotel and like, uh, it's a big, it's a pretty big hotel, Alex. So it costs a ton of money oh, yeah, to, book, 
it, it were they still using time. like the common buffet, like you know the appetizer that, that buffet? I, 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 I don't know. I, no, 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 no. Don't no, know no, the details no. or no, that that the appetizer buffet, absolutely not. But like, okay, but um, with everyone, no. But the thing, but the fact of the matter is, in COVID times, pre-camp for the Olympics, and you're Norwegian team, like you have, and the you're the Norwegian team. You're like un- it's yeah, not, you're it's not Canada. Money. Yeah, you yeah. have unlimited money. I'm I'm just a little surprised. Like I, I'm not criticizing because they they do they do control their variables really well. I feel so bad, like I said, for the situation that they're in, and I'm actually worried about the championship itself because what what goods in Olympics if half of the people are out? You know what I mean? Um, and the stress, it like yeah, the, the stress the, of the, the, team, the guys oh, and the girls who are still yeah. preparing, but you're yeah. still trying to prepare. But like totally every night, you're you're not going to bed like you know with like a a clear mind. Like you're no, stressed. Not at all. You're super stressed. Like, it sucks. Yeah. It sucks. This yeah. isn't about sport anymore. You know what I mean? No. This is the nightmare. Yeah. And and so, but but I but I do have to say I am surprised that the pre-camp that just seems like a big risk to me. Yeah. To not have to not have like yeah. I, if I was if I know the Norwegian team, I would have thought that they would have had a hotel 100 percent to themselves and bring their own cooks. That's yeah. what I, that's that's the Norway I know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, it's like, so, why are you staying at a hotel? Like, what is with other people? Like, what is the thinking behind that? Has that been yeah, articulated that's, that's, at all? No, but that's that's what I'm that's what I'm struggling to like truly understand. It's like, well, they're gonna have to stay at a hotel because they're a huge contingency, man. Like, there's so many athletes, so they're gonna they, they can't just whole, rent like no, one house, they, they can't rent a house, they're too big, it they're too big a contingent to do it. So, they're, they're gonna have to get a hotel. I'm just surprised they didn't just book the whole damn thing, yeah. And uh, I feel now you have like the men are hoping to travel tomorrow on the 31st to to beijing but the women aren't traveling till the earliest tuesday you know so that's like man that's uh that's at the earliest this with uh, with all these tests that's kind of that's close to the that's cutting it close that's cutting it close yeah man time change and all yeah but you remember man we've traveled to we've traveled to asia from europe it's tough man yeah oh yeah it's hard yeah so it, it's this is definitely a story worth following for people that are excited for the Olympics. The Norwegian team, the powerhouses, are going through like something pretty horrendously stressful, and and I just hope that I cross my fingers that we don't get any more positives. But I mean, geez, you got to think there might be. I mean, yeah, with I mean, I mean on the yeah, cons. be honest, be honest yeah, with yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not so, as violent, but it's more contagious. So yeah, it's so contagious. Yeah. So so yeah. Our, our hearts go out to the Norwegian team and we're hoping for the best for all of them because we want to have these Olympics to be as competitive. Well, we want the best skiers to win, yeah, right? Like totally. you want the, yeah. the yeah. So, but what's the story? Yeah, so exactly. Is there so, a chance Kruger still, said, still races? Kruger is saying he wants to do the 50K. Because I mean, 50, you got to yeah. remember the last the, the event. Thing, it's, yeah, the good, the good thing about this is like, it's actually the second last event. This Olympics, you know what the marquee event is? It's got kind of cool. They're doing it. So the last event of the Olympics is going to be the 30K for women for the first time ever. Okay. Instead of 50K oh, cool. for men. I think that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's really yeah. cool. No, it's good. So, yeah. so it's, but it's still on the Saturday. So, so the, the, the fact of the matter is Kruger has time. He has no real, he's got like very light symptoms and the 50K is not till the 19th of February. So, okay. I mean, he's got, he's got three weeks. Three but, weeks. But yeah. still like with the strict, testing protocols in beijing it's stricter than the eu rules yeah it's more like sensitive your, right yeah, the level yeah, is a bit more yeah, your sensitive CT, your like CT that swedish gear yeah yeah exactly swedish gear they had covid two weeks ago he failed when he got to china like it yeah. sucks he had six negative pcr tests six days in a row six negative pcr tests in europe gets to china test positive 
So, so and that's once you're in quarantine, like you can't you can't go out and train. You can't prepare. Like it's normally like there are days you're doing like strength. There are days you're doing interval training. Like Dude, totally. all of that, toss it in the toilet. So totally. Yeah. And and so so that's that's the thing. So there's a lot of uncertainty. I hope we can get to the for the for the 50k and i mean if there's anyone that can come back from something wild alex was in that race i was in that race we all remember it's probably the greatest olympic cross-country ski race of all time kruger if people haven't seen this just youtube it like 30k skiathlon pyeongchang Stephen hegstar kruger crashes like extraordinarily off the start of the 30k he's last by over 30 seconds man Comes back, kicks all our asses. So the guy's a beast. He won. He gold medal. It was the most amazing. It was the most amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Windy, like a windy day. Remember, it was cold as yeah. hell. It was horrendous. Yeah. 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 So it was, uh, so this guy's a beast. And like he, he he's a, like we've talked about, he's the best athlete in the field at high altitude, no question. Um, his physiology suits it. He's light. He's great technically. 50K skating this year. So, I mean, but I don't know, like Alex is saying, you're just up against a lot. You're up against a lot now. You're going to end up being rotting in a Sizer Elm hotel for until you test negative in your PCR. And then somehow you got to train a bit and then to hop on a plane to Beijing, cross your fingers. You don't test positive when you get there. It's just like, it's a lot of stress. I don't know. It's, I think, I think it'd be a win for him to just be there. And that breaks my heart because the guy should have came home with, with the number of medals and, and yeah. now just just getting help his team in the relay too like in Pyeongchang, yeah, you sort of brought he's the, the region back in contention yeah. like they had back to close like 30 totally. seconds or something yeah yeah didrick didrick couldn't ski himself out of a paper bag in that day that race like he was horrendous and sunby and, was versus oh. boshanov like boshanov yeah. cr- increased the gap on sunday totally. it was it was all yeah. kruger it was yeah. all kruger yeah so mm-hmm. it's uh it's definitely takes a hit for their relay team and their and their program and everyone's stressed so alex and i are friends with those guys so we're just wishing them well not that any of them listen to this but still like it's uh yeah, it's uh, wishing those guys well. Should we get right into the meat and potatoes of the fun part yeah. of this? Predictions. Predictions. Here we go, baby. We're just going to run it through. So February 5th, next Saturday, believe it or not, six days from now, we got the women's skiathlon, 15K. Who you got, Harv? Well, dude, it's Therese. It's, it's, I, I think for the women's distance, it's other than the Kusumo, uh 10K classic. I feel like Therese is, uh, she's unbeatable. So I'm going for Therese for the win. Uh, second place, I think it's going to be, ex- it looks like, uh, from what I heard, the, the distance courses are, are really hard. And with the altitude, I'm going Therese, I think Eba, Chris, uh, yeah, Eba, and then Frida. Okay. Wow. Okay. Okay. I, I like that. So, so for people listening at home, they think it's cheating because like Alex gets to go first, then I get the use. No, but we'll alternate. We're going to we, alternate. We alternate. We're alternating. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so Alex goes Teresa, Ebba, and Frida, and I'm gonna go Teresa because, like, Teresa can't be denied. She has no individual gold medals. She's fitter than she's ever been. The the, the courses are at altitude. Like, she's gone through a lot of stress right now with these positives. But come on, like Teresa is insanely good. So I'm also picking Teresa for the win. But I'm going Frida for silver because I've been really, really impressed with Frida Carlson this year. I I think she's just been like really in, incredibly impressive and can somebody can somebody cut her poles like five centimeters because i, I think if you like, cut her shorter than that she's winning everything but yeah, that's, that's just, true yeah yeah it's her true. poles we, are so long and why, like, like yeah why what's, so what's up with that i know it's true i agree why i i, I so that's a we're gonna have to get you 
hard for some of these things. You know, I agree. I'm glad you brought that up. Third place, like this is the tough thing for the opening race of the tour, of the tour, sorry, of the Olympic Games. Man, oh man, like I think I'm going to go like a real, I'm going to take a bit of a flyer. I think I'm going to go Neprieva. Neprieva, yeah, she was solid yeah. second half. She was in, tour. yeah, it's just winning the, the tour. To me, the skiathlon, like it's yeah. all like, it's a, you know, half of it is in classic, half of it is in skate, but I feel like the skating is, is more important than the classic just because you finish skating. So that's why I didn't have yeah. it on the podium, but right. that's so my here's, only, yeah. Here's the, here's the thing we, we have, we can change and then we got to move on because we got to get through all these races. Yeah. Why, why are we, why aren't we picking Diggins or Rosie? I can go first. Why am I not picking Diggins or Rosie? I, I want to see how they do first. Like, I just yeah. want to see the first one in. I'll, I'll take a loss first just to see what kind of form they're in. About the Americans, about the two amazing Americans, I wanted to talk about this before we move on. The best thing that ever happened to Jesse Diggins is that two races were canceled in January and she could catch her breath, put some good training. She's going to be yeah. seriously dangerous in these Olympics. Yeah, reset, it, reset. It, yeah. it, because she, she hunts down every single race. And the fact that they canceled those is the best thing that happened to Diggins. And she's going to be like just a total, she's going to be hard to mess with at the Olympics because of that. I think I really do. I think she's a huge threat in a lot of events and had those races gone through, I would have been really worried. I would have been really worried for Jesse Diggins at the championship. Like we've seen the last two championships in a row where she just comes to the championships out of gas. And now it's going to be awesome. You agree with me, Harv? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I mean, Rosie skipping the tour. That was know, like good a stuff. Smart ballsy, move, ballsy move, but yeah. Yeah, but I think it's she's smart looking at last home. year's season when she yeah. came a bit undone. Little like not as good as she was prior to the championship at yeah. the championship. So that's just trying to adjust. No, I think it's yeah. smart. Yeah, so Therese I'm really, skip the tour too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I'm I'm really really excited to see Rosie and Diggins, and and I I, I I'm just over the moon to see it. But I'm not picking them on the first race because I just want to see. I just want to see to get the first one done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's just see how people are. Um, the other thing that this two, that this uh, racing cancellations really plays in the favor of is Bolshunov, because Bolshunov is like Diggins. They race. He, he races everything always. Yeah. And yeah. this year he's had a lot of health problems and he hasn't been at his best. Man, oh man! If I was a competitor of Bolshunov, I'd be a bit scared that those races yeah. got canceled. He's good. He's also resetting. Too. Like he's, he's a big guy. Like, but he's, he's yeah. like, it's not like your he's typical good. like skiers body like good at altitude but he's, he's yeah. good at altitude so and he's good yeah. on hard courses like i think i think the distance courses are yeah it seems like they're really heavy duty so yeah for sure so so the, i think i think those races getting canceled the, the the biggest winners coming out of that are jesse diggins and alexander boshunov which is great because we're talking about the 30k skiathlon which happens on the 6th of february the day after sunday a week from today i'm taking big bullshit for the win baby i i i i, I think He's not showing up there and not going to be ready. So Bolshunov for the win. But then, because it's just been a boring year all around, the Norwegians, I think Bolshunov's going to pip them in the 30K. Um, but then after that, it's, it's, a, it's just a Norwegian show. It is. And I'm going, you know what I'm going? I'm going. Holland? Holland in no. second. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Holland second. And then I'm putting little Shirodatha in third. Sure. Yeah. So the comeback, the comeback, the comeback. Race for sure. The Other than race, the, climb, sure. the tour just yeah. keep climbing. But no, it's... but also, did you see him? Did you see how he was skiing in the 15K skate in Oberstdorf? That was the comeback race. No, me. that's true. Yeah. And he's light, he's small, and he's a good sprinter. But I think Holland is going to be drilling it. And I think Bolshinov is just going to, you know, Holland is 
oh geez, he's two-time world champion. He's the, yeah, he's yeah. the highest VO2 max in the field now that Kruger's out. Um, he's lights out, but Bolshinov can out kick him. And I don't think you're gonna drop Bolshinov in the in the Olympic Games right now. I, I don't well, Claybo maybe could, but I'm but uh, yeah. that that's my podium. Yeah. Bolshinov hole in Grota. Well, my I had two options and it was gonna pan, depend on what uh, so I, or I, I had two race scenarios. Let's say two race scenarios. So your race scenario is that Claybo gets dropped. Like, yeah. obviously, if the so, so that means, yeah, like you say, like Holland is drilling it, Bolshunov's able to go with them, and it's like three or four guys at the end, and Bolshunov just faster than these guys. So, th- I had that scenario, but I'm going to take something out, I'm going to take something different since yeah. it, it'd be boring if I didn't. So, I'm going to go with Claybo. Like, I think the way he skied at the tour, and I don't think. I don't think it was one of those like, you know, Christmas star moment or too good too early. Like I think Claybo is in a class of his own. He's been, he has been for the, his whole career, but I think this year he's kind of stepped it up. Like he's gone back to, I think what he knows works for him, you know, going back to, yeah. you know, training with the sprint team, not with the distance team, like he did a, a couple years ago and two years ago, I think it was like not as good of a season for him, but so far this year, what I've seen from him is so solid and it just, so steady either way like he climbed he climbed the the hill really well to what the tour is key like i really feel like his capacity has taken a, a good step this year so i think on those even though those courses are going to be extremely challenging and hard at altitude like we saw him the way he skied in davos and that 15 game skate like to yeah, me that was amazing. so impressive so i'm going with claybo olympic champion in, in yeah. the skiathlon then then bolshunov like i don't think claybo will come alone in the stadium but i think bolshunov second and yeah. then third I think hole in third. So it, it's yeah. it's similar to yours, but in a, a yeah. bit of a different uh, race scenario. Yeah, I think, think it's, it's more the, like you think it's gonna six play a to little ten different. guys. Like, you know, it's sort of a last last K or something like that, but not like a, a clear breakaway with, with Claybo out of it. Like, I think Claybo's still able to stay with five or six guys coming yeah. to the line and just doing what Claybo does best, which is like yeah. just winning. Just win, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just win, baby. That's good. You yeah. know, like I just, I'm in the first race, I, I, you know, we've seen weird things happen, you know, like Alex oh, and no, I were I in agree. that race. Yeah. Alex and I were in that race. I saw like when we, when we got torched by um, Hellner in Vancouver in the Skiathlon, who would have yeah. thought Petter, who would have thought Petter Nortog didn't win the Skiathlon in Vancouver? Nobody. Yeah. And no. uh, first race of the Olympics. So I'm, I'm tipping my hat to the Russian strongman, but this is going to be good. Moving on. Women's sprint. Women's sprint, Harvey, you got to pick first, buddy. Yeah, I think this is when Jesse's, uh, I think that's going to be Jesse's uh, Olympic medal, I think, is the women's sprint. I, although, I, I think Dogvis, I heard I heard the courses are extremely challenging, but the sprint is a pure sprinter's course. So that's based on that premise, based yeah. on that information. Like, I don't have information that the course is as, as hard, let's say, as it was in Pyeongchang. So yeah. that's based on that. If, if, I'm, if I don't have the right information, then... Too yeah. bad for me. So I'm going Maya Dalkvis because she's yeah. been, she's won every race. And I know, you know, you don't want to be like Alberto Tomba coming in Torino with only <laughs> wins and just straddling the first gate. But I think Dalkvist, uh, she's solid. She's got a strong head on hers and yeah. on, her, on her shoulders. And she's been so dominant this year. So I'm going uh, Dalkvist for the win. I'm going Jesse third. Second. Figures third. Okay. But, but then second, I don't know. Th- this is a, that's a tricky one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Anna Maria Lampich second. Lampich, okay, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Better classic skier, but but you know, championship Slovenia. course. I, I haven't seen 
like I said, I haven't seen the spring course, but I feel like championship course, it's always like somewhat of a downhill coming into the stadium or like a high speed finish. Yeah. And she's so good at high speed to go from like fifth to second sort of thing. So that, that, that's, uh, no, you know okay. what? So can I take it back? Can yeah, I take yeah, of it course. Back? Yeah, yeah, you can take I'm it back. I'm taking it back. back. Uh, I think Nadine Fendrich second. Fendrich? Peltonen? Yeah. Peltonen? Oh, yeah, oh, Peltonen. My God. Yeah, yeah, Pelties. <laughs> oh, my Pelties on the God. podium. Wow. Yeah. Harv. Yeah. Has yeah. Peltonen? Oh, yeah, they did win a medal. They won a medal in uh, Vancouver in the relay. Oh, yeah, Hobbjörn Yamaset. Yeah. He actually raced on Peltonen. And then he never raced on Peltman again for the rest of the championship because no. they were so yeah. bad. But yeah. uh, anyway, probably yeah, back in the days the... with some Finnish yeah. Finnish skiers, like yeah. some. Yeah, yeah, maybe back way back, way like yeah. ski days. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Fenwick second. Okay, well, yeah, Fenwick. She's listeners... been solid. She's yeah, been she's strong been this solid. year. Yeah. And I think Jesse. Like, I, I think Jesse this point because like I'm also picking Dahlquist. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm picking Dahlquist for the win. Because like she just she hasn't been she's been unstoppable. She's good at altitude and she, she's got a lot of confidence. And seeing her in the championship last year too, I know she didn't win, but um, being on the podium at the World Championships last year, now she's got that championship experience. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Dahlquist Olympic champion for Sweden. Then I'm going Diggins second because I think Diggins is gonna like. I I really think Diggins is gonna bring it tight to the end, but I just think Dahlquist yeah. is just too fast um yeah. so jesse in second so i also have jesse on the podium but I'm, I'm i'm going sundling in third so sundling the world champion from last year i know it was a classic sprint last year and she had an injury earlier in the season but i liked what i saw when she in her comeback and uh, the swedish sprint team like i've been talking all, the whole time they're the best they're they're, they're insane so yeah that's my podium for the sprint on february hey. 8th so exciting here we go Next up, we got a. I got to pick first, and it's the women's ten k. Oof, this is gonna be good. No, no, the men's Men. sprint. Oh, yeah, jeez, men's sprint. Jesus, oh my God, yeah. But it's kind I, of easy. I mean, no, yeah. no, but let's do what I'm talking about. So, like, uh, I'm gonna go men's sprint, and this is gonna be this is gonna be this is gonna be so easy. So the reality is, Clay was winning the men's sprint like easily, so easily. Uh, and and second, you know what? <laughs> People are gonna hate me for writing this down, but like. Well, no, actually, I'm going to say Juve in second because Juve has had an amazing season and I love the French sprint team. And I, I mean, I, we should do a whole podcast about the French cross-country ski program, how how solid the men's the men's program is. The women's program's coming up now too, which is awesome. But uh, I'm going Juve second. And then in third, I'm, I'm you know what? I'm going Valdness. I, I, I love that kid. I, I love the energy he races with. He was second last year. He's so calm. The big man from Northern Norway. Yeah. Valnes third. That's uh, that's my sprint. Okay. Well, it's close. I got one, two is the same for me. Those two guys have been the two best sprinters by far this year. They've been so consistent. So I'm going Clay Beaujouf. And then third, I, I'm. it's sort of a sort of a curveball, you might say. But I, I think Ustugov is first Ustugov. Olympics. Yeah, yeah. First Olympics. And I think he's going to he's going to have something special. In the in that yeah. sprint, so skate sprint okay. is Hugo kind of, yeah. He yeah. hasn't been the fastest this year. Like he's been super solid in distance, but I think championship used Hugo first Olympics. Like he's actually no, sorry, that's not true. He was in Sochi, but he crashed in the final. Yeah, like yeah. first Olympic as like let's say as a main contender. Let's just put yeah. it that way. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was yeah, awesome. bronze. Yeah. Okay. Well then, come come give it to me, Harv. Right into the women's ten k. Let's do this. Women's ten k again. I'm going boring, but I mean, Terai is 
is is is so strong and i know i know frida beat her in a 10k classic earlier this year but it's it was last year and this yeah. is this is an olympic <laughs> year and Teresa is 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 coming she's going to come home from those olympics with a lot of gold medals around her neck and one of them will be a 10k i think frida yeah uh silver and uh maybe yeah third i think third is finland i just i, I don't know if it's niskanen or parmakowski i, I think parmakowski Okay, chicken palm. I like yeah. it. Okay, chicken Parmikowski. palm. Yeah, yeah Parmikowski out there with the. You know what? She was so. Which good. is her, her name is actually Latimaki now, right? Yeah. No, it's Parmikowski. <laughs> it's Parmikowski. It, it used, used to be, be Latimaki. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so Parmikowski. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, you know what? You know what's amazing about that pick with Parmikowski is like she's she's starting to come back alive now too, which is kind of fun for the Finnish squad, and I think it's I think it's cool to see them to see her back like that. So. And she was she was great in Pyeongchang. She's got history at Olympic uh, Olympic events and the big events, so for sure that's a good one. I'm going Teresa, of course. Same reasons as Alex. Teresa is going to win every distance race at these championships. She's unstoppable. Uh, Frida in second because she's a great classic skier. Although, like Alex has alluded to, those the poles. But anyway, we're, <laughs> we'll leave that aside. Uh, Frida's in second in the 10K Classic. I I, I don't think it's actually going to be that exciting. You know, everyone's got this, this, this duel really hyped up, but the 10 K classic Teresa Yohag, when she's in shape, like, man. Yeah. At altitude too. Like at altitude, on, on like championship I mean, on course. hard courses, like God, I, I, I just, I don't think it's going to be super tight either. I think, I think Teresa is going to win that pretty handily third yeah. place yeah. though. Like, and this is, this is, this is crazy. This is going to be fun. Like I think this, the bronze medal in the 10 K is just like wide, wide open in the yeah. classic. And, and Alex goes for Parmakowski of Finland. <sighs> Like it's it's there's two there's actually two names that are gonna shock some people, but like I was thinking this could be a race for Rosie. I mean, 10k classic, high altitude. I want to take a flyer on Rosie, but you also have Abba Anderson, who is just always third. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So uh, there's there's a lot of good girls. Naprieva, like oh, yeah, in classic. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Niskanen yeah. won earlier this year. Yeah. Parmakowski yeah. is amazing. It's it's a great. Yeah. It's gonna be a really really fun event. But I'm going Ebba. I'm sorry. Ebba or, or, or Rosie? No, I'm going to go Ebba. Ebba. I'm going Ebba. Here we go. Yeah. Ebba. So moving on to the, to the men's 15K, and I got to pick first. And this is the race that I'm maybe most looking for. Ah, there's a lot of races I'm looking for. The men's 15K classic is the race of truth. If you win yeah, the individual yeah. start race at the championship, I mean, it's, it's legit. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's legit. And, and you know what I think is so fun? Niskanen has looked untouchable these entire Olympics. This is the race where I'm going to take a contrarian view. Claybo's winning it. Um, I said it. Claybo is going to win the individual start 15K classic. And it's like going it. to be, and the reason why I'm saying that is like this, the, the chip on his shoulder after getting that 50K classic win pulled from him. Yeah. There's no bigger statement. There's no bigger comeback statement than winning the 15K Classic individual at altitude against yes. Niskanen, who has been untouchable the entire yes. championship. So, But Niskanen's coming second. It's going to be tight. That's what I think. Niskanen's coming second. And then I think, like, Bolshi's third. And it's going to be super tight. Like, I, I think it's going to be – this is going to be a race for the ages, I think, the men's 15K Classic. So that's my picks. Harf? Yeah. Well, mine are it's close, but I don't have Claybo winning this one. I got Niskanen, man. I think Niskanen, yeah. He, he's such a like he's such a championship skier, and he's been 
so dominating dominating this year in classic. So I got Niskanen, Boshinov, and Holland third. Holland, I like. Yeah, it. So dude, what's happening? So what's hard, happening? Hard dude? courses, yeah, hard courses, and champ and altitude, and yeah, individual yeah. start. What yeah, happened? What, he, what happened to Klebo? Much of an issue. I think Klebo will be will be out there. I just don't think not this one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And this is the this is the other race looking forward to insanely much, especially after reading the Heidi Wang contracted COVID nineteen and the state of the Norwegian women's team. Women's yeah. relay. Who do you got, Harf? Yeah. Yeah, the state of the, the Norwegian team is bad for the oh, with the women, so especially bad. with with two and and I think from the whole time, like my whole career and what happened since I retired, I think it's the weakest Norwegian women's team I've seen. Oh, for like, sure it is. For the relay, maybe other than Liberets where they, they I think it's going to be, I honestly, like even with Heidi, like they haven't been oh, uh, I know. behind Therese, like the, the women's team have been, has been struggling this year. So totally. Heidi hasn't, so, but they don't have Heidi. Heidi hasn't, but it's not the Heidi that we, we, no, we've no, known no. True, like true. from That's 2013 true. and on. Yeah, yeah. You know true, what I mean? True, like true it's enough. not yeah, the yeah. same. I so I, I know, I know Russia won the last relay, but I think Sweden takes it. I think yeah, Sweden, Sweden takes, takes this one. I think Sweden for the women's, I think they take the two team events, this, yeah. the relay and the team sprint. So I'm going Sweden. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and I think I could see Dogfist being on one of those legs. Just, but yeah. we're not saying the names, but yeah, Sweden, um, then then Norway, then Russia. Okay, okay, Sweden, Norway, Russia. This yeah. is going to be a fun one, Harv. This is going to be a fun one. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to text back and forth during this one because, like, I'm gonna take a crazy. You know what? I'm, I want to take a flyer, but ugh, Sweden's just so good. You know what I mean? Like the Swedish women are so good. It's hard to bet against Sweden, but I'm gonna do it. It's going to sound crazy. U.S. U.S. is winning gold. Gold. Yeah. Gold. Do you, do gold. If if gold. Do the U.S. I, I like, hear, hear me out. Be, hear me out. Yeah. Hear me out. Hear me out. Here's my reason. If Diggins gets her mojo back by having that month off, like racing and getting her energy back, and Rosie comes to the championship ready, there's two things we know. Rosie Brennan is amazing at altitude. Jesse Diggins is amazing at altitude. Now the other women on the 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 US team, sleeper pick Haley Swerble. She's good at altitude. That's she grew up in Aspen. She grew up in Aspen. Every time there's a race at altitude, she's top ten. That's true. Every race there's not at race at altitude, she's like around thirtieth. Like she's like a real she's a real altitude super champ. And if you have three of those girls at the top of her game, I think they can do it, man. If Jesse Diggins comes to the last leg in contact, dude. We got a race. It's done. It's, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, so I'm going. I'm going to shock the nation. It's going to be the miracle in Beijing. U.S. wins. Matt Wickcomb goes wild. Like it's going to be just the culmination. So I'm saying U.S. wins the women's relay, but then it's Sweden. And here's another shocker for you, Arv. No podium for Norway or what? Nope. No podium for Norway. Russia third. Wow. Yeah. So I, I, I just, style. Like like yeah, and but like you're saying, I just Terezio Hug's been so strong. If they were all. Firing at all cylinders. If Ragnald Haga was at her absolute best, if if uh, Foss's home was at her absolute best, of course they're going to be crushing it in there for the win. But I'm just not sure I've seen that this year yet. Yeah, I don't know. That's true. So, you know, and that, this is this is for fun. We're, we're we're having fun here. So I'm, I'm yeah. This is going to be a big day, big day in cross country ski history. That said, 
I maybe too, like maybe I'm like joking around, like not joking around, but like being a little like cheering for the home team, even though I'm not American, a little too much. But I'm serious. If the Americans don't come away with a with an Olympic medal this year, I'll, I'll be surprised in the women's relay. But anyway, moving on, men's relay, Harf. It's your, you start. You start. Oh yeah, okay. Oh yeah, I start. Men's relay. Um, <laughs> you know, it's so boring. But even with Kruger out, Norway's too deep. Norway wins. Yeah. Norway wins the relay. Second is Russia. I mean, Russia's just crazy deep. It's yeah. just it's just insane. And third, this is going to be could be fun. Like I think the third place in the men's relay could be fun because like every other nation has struggled. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And it sounds crazy, but at high high altitude, put in France, man. France always medals in the relay, and especially at high altitude. Why not? That's true. France, France. been good at championships yeah. men's relay for yeah. a long yeah, time. Yeah, for a long time. And and they're yeah, all well, coming up now, man. Clement Paris. That's true. Better, like the Magnifica, high altitude. Like I don't know, Backstrider. I, I'm I'm going yeah. I'm going France. Okay, well that that's exciting. For one two is is the same for me. Okay. Norway yeah. Russia. It's it's yeah. It's sort of a that part will be sort of boring. Uh, but yeah. I agree with you. I think third place is, is for sure one of the most open, uh, open medal of the whole championship for the men's. Uh, but I don't know. I, I'm tempted to put France. I'm tempted to put Finland. I'm sort of hesitating between one of the two. I think I'm going to okay. go France as well. It's, it's a, it's okay, a France, boring yeah. pick, but, but yeah, it's I fine. Think hey, France man, has it, just yeah. been too good at championships. In, in, yeah. And at altitude in, too. Yeah. 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 So, Okay. Team sprint, team sprint, uh, team sprint. Women, women. Like I, I, I sold the. You know, I sold my my pick already. So it's yeah, uh, Sweden. Sweden wins. I think it's yeah. Sweden, Russia, and or yeah, it's class. The the, the thing is, it's because it's classic. I I think the U.S. would have could have had something something good if yeah. it was skating again. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, Russia and. Third place, it's it's one of the open one again, I guess. It's really like, open. Yeah, it's super open. I agree. That's a tricky one. Fuck. Um, the Swiss, they're so much better in, in skating. Like they, I think they're out of it for classic. Uh, I, I'm going to yeah. put Norway just because it's Norway. It's a classic yeah. event. Like, yeah. 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 I put yeah, Norway. Okay. Okay, Norway in classic. I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna be kind of boring too because I mean I'm going Sweden Russia and I'm following your lead, man. Like no Norway, I honestly think you could, there's a lot of athletes you could put in there. For Some the with Mikan, yeah. I mean Mikan and somebody else. Like I think like if it's a harder course, their altitude's really starting to kick in. I mean like Teresa could do it. Like I don't think she. No, nah, that's true. She, yeah. she probably she most likely will not. But I'm telling you, it, it's uh, Norway's got a lot of picks they can do. Yeah. So now I've got to pick true. the men's, which is the most yeah. exciting. I, I, I've been a really like a poo pooer with the with the team sprint, um, just in general. Even though we won it, <laughs> but I, I don't know. But at the championship, I love it. I love on a championship course, it's like it's I awesome. feel like we've gotten some of the most iconic races in I agree. Past history, like yeah. Dresden, like whatever. But like Olympic no. championships, I agree. Yeah, it's good we got that. Sorry, we're really commandeering that, but that's just how it goes when Harv and Kirsch are talking. And I agree with that. So exactly what I was going to say. I'm glad you jumped in. At the championship team sprints, I, I love it. I love it. I love that Norway put Claybo Sunday in Pyeongchang. I, I just, yeah. I love it. And, yeah. and I have a dream. And my dream is 
Ustyugov, Bolshunov in amazing shape and Klebo and whoever in amazing shape with like the most epic battle royale, one of the most epic team sprints of all time, if that happens. Yeah. And when that happens, or if it happens, Norway's going to win because Klebo just is a winning machine and he, yeah. he, just, he just can't be stopped. And poor yeah. Russia, they're going to come second. I mean, yeah. like, I just, think, yeah. No, no, it's, yeah, I'm going to let you finish on this. But but then but then um yeah 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 but then but then third like third place for this team sprint is actually kind of fun but not that fun because uh, Finland's gonna take a medal I said it I meant it I'm here to represent it Niskanen and they got a lot of good classic sprinters Hakala can be good um they they got a lot of they've got a lot of cards to play so I'm putting Finland in third all right well. I, I think had it been a skate team sprint, I think the Usti and Bolshi team would have won. I think they would have, Norway couldn't have found a second, like a, a guy other than Klebo to stay with these guys in, in skating for so many laps. But I think since it's classic, Valnes has been so good in classic distance yeah. this year. It's oh. going to be Klebo, Valnes, easy, then Norway, eh, sorry, then, then Russia. Yeah. And I thought I didn't think you were going to say Finland because I, I want to say, like, it's Finland. I, I think it's because yeah. it's classic. Like yeah. France had it been skate, but classic, yeah. it's the Finnish gears are, are so good. It's going to so be good. like, yeah, and a, a team sprint, like you got to repeat the effort. So Niskanen is yeah. going to be awesome. Yeah, going with uh, Finland, Finland third. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. And here we go. Alex Harvey, we have a world champion in our midst for the 50K skate. And which is. Which is awesome, and now you're going to pick the podium for the Olympic in the 50k skate. What do you who do you got? So I'm going the men's now, and you you'll start with the girls since the men's race first. Yeah, because the men's race first. Yeah, 50k skate. I think Holland's going to ski away from the field. Uh, So I think Holland comes in Olympic champion on his own in in the in the in the stadium. Then I think Bolshunov second, and and Rote third. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, These are safe picks. I like it. Uh, I also think uh, with with Kruger out, I'm assuming Kruger won't be there. And so, sorry, Kruger. I mean, oh God, that breaks my heart even to say it. But I, I also agree with you, Alex. Holland is a capacity machine. Like, he's just a total yeah. beast. So, Holland's going to take this. And I agree. I think he's going to take it alone like he did in Seyfeld. Like well, he, like, he's not going to win if he comes in with, with no, somebody no. else. No, I, no, unless exactly. it's like, uh, I don't, yeah. No, I, he's, just, yeah. he's just super, super strong. And I'm, I, I like, I also think that Rota is just going to have a great championship. And that's why I'm putting him in, um, that's why I'm putting Rota in, in second. Putting okay. Rota in second. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think, I think if it comes down to a sprint, like we saw also in Seyfeld, like he, you remember, man, you've been torched by that little guy once in a while. Like he's oh, yeah. at the end of those distance races. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and I think if he comes into the finish with Bolshinov, I know it sounds hilarious, but, Man, don't underestimate Rota in a 50k. Like, oh, he's got some speed. He's got, he's some, got speed. some wheels. He's got yeah. some serious, serious wheels. Now, the fun, the funny thing is, is like who who's gonna race the 50k skate for the men? Because like, are they gonna put in a reserve? Like, how's this gonna go? Hamilton, um, maybe. Yeah, is but he's he sharing a room. No, no, no. Yeah, is he too? Oh no, that's true. that's a question. But right now, he's he's still negative. Podcast. Amundsen hasn't tested lots of his roommates with uh, Kruger, so he's 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 in like he's in borrowed time, and and it's it's hard. But I you know I'm gonna put a weird one in there for third. 
I think Bolshinov's going to get a little t- – nah, I'm not. I'm just kidding. I'm going Bolshinov third. So we have the Bolshinov same guys doesn't get tired, dude. Bolshinov <laughs> doesn't get tired. I know. I know. And He's women's 30K, let's finish this off. Women's 30K. Women's 30K. Um, well, you go first. No, I have to first. Yeah, I got I got to go first. Um, uh, Tereza Johag's going to win. <laughs> wow, surprising. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there used to be someone called Silverstina, but that's – Frida's got that on lock now. 30K yeah. skate, high altitude. Frida's going to come second. Um, and then I'm putting Diggins in third. I'm, I said it. Diggins in third in the 30K skate because here's my reasoning. Watching Diggins in Seyfeld after a really tough championship where they struggle with skis, she was struggling obviously with her energy. Overraced a bit maybe prior? Overraced, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought she was tired and stuff for the championship, also struggling with the, with the, with the, with the skis. The, what I saw of Diggins in that 30k skate, she came fourth, but how she raced that, I mean, you you know, there's nothing but good things to say about Diggins always. She's a total, she's amazing. But man, oh man, she's going to, she's going to go to the closing ceremonies on that podium. I think so. So I'm putting Diggins third. All right. Well, I'm going, mine is, it's similar, but I'm going, uh, hey guys, obviously I'm going Jesse yeah. second. And I think Emma yes. third. I like it. Okay, I have a, nice. I, have a third. I think their uh, small groups will will be uh, skiing together. Like it's not going to be a big pack. Like I mean, women's racing quite often it's like that. I but yeah, I, I think uh, I think like it could be one of those races where like Frida tries to stay with Yohag a little too long and then she just blows up like royally. Yeah. So yeah, yeah okay. but I'm going Jesse. I'm going Jesse. Uh, Jesse second. Yeah, I like it. So that's our picks. We would love to hear anyone's picks. Let us know. Matt hasn't said jack shit because Alex and I just love talking, but Talk too much. I want to get you. I want to get your reaction. What do you got? What do you, what do you think? Hey, I really have to go. Devin. Yeah, perfect. I, I'm getting Thanks. my third shot. Yeah. I, I, get your third I really, shot. really have awesome. to go. <laughs> awesome. But it was good to talk. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Matt. We'll, we'll call you again during the Olympics. You'll be back yeah, on perfect. the show during the Olympics. Great. All right. Thanks guys. Okay. Yeah. Right. You know, so Stop. I actually, I actually think it's good for me as a you know nonpartisan guy who's supposed to be you know yeah, not, not yeah. rooting for anyone. So, but I, you know, some interesting ones. I, you know, I, I like Rosie at altitude. I like Niskanen and the team sprint too. You remember, um, you know, I was in Sochi. I think when yeah. he and Sammy Yowie like won that race, and it was just oh, like. Yeah. Niskanen came out of nowhere to really seal the deal for those guys. So, um, yeah, it'll be fun. I mean, I thought if, if, you know, if you want to take five minutes, I can kind of fill, uh, fill folks in on what this whole kind of rigmarole. Please do. Like Please do. I've got time. Time. I got time. We loved having Harv and I'm sorry for the listeners. Is that the, here? like, just imagine if you ever want to know what life was like on the Canadian national team on the road. Now you have a good, in- now you have a really good picture, just way more swearing, and that's essentially what it was like. I mean, that's so uh, Harv and I have, uh, we go back a long, long time. And it was really great to have one of my best friends in the whole world on the, on the show with us today. Sweet. So, but please give me the rig and roll because this is crazy. This whole COVID situation is insane. So I want to, I want to hear firsthand American journalist trying to get his, trying to get his butt to the Olympics. What's it like? Yeah. So, you know, you can see from the video here, um, the palm trees, um, like, you know, Rosie Brandon and the Patterson siblings. Um, I'm in Los Angeles right now. I'm sitting in a rental car that was like really stressful to rent because there were like 10 people in line and no ventilation. And just like every time right now you're going into a, a 
airspace. You're just like, is this, is this going to be it? So yeah. Um, left Anchorage yesterday after spending like 10 days in quarantine effectively, like in a cabin on some ski trails, which was awesome. I'm still able to work from there. And then, uh, spent, you know, 11 hours inside my N95 and rocked a face shield courtesy of, uh, Gavin from faster skier, uh, which I'd never done before, but you know, just like Alaska leading the nation in COVID right now, just like, you know, it's out there and you can't escape it. So, um, now I'm in LA, I'm in this like kind of sketchy airport hotel where I thought I was going to get stabbed, like, uh, picking up some takeout last night and uh i'll go for my first so so the the protocols for beijing i think are pretty much the same for everyone whether you're an athlete a coach or media um you have to have two negative pcr gold standard covid tests before you can even get on the plane the tests have to be at a chinese embassy approved lab they cost 200 bucks a piece thank you to faster skier sponsors marty hall Kathy Hall, all the others, um, you know, really gent- like this is a ex- excruciatingly expensive endeavor. So I'll go for my first one of those this afternoon. Should get the results by midnight, you know, fingers crossed. That's like kind of real gauntlet. And then I'll get another one tomorrow because one needs to be within 96 hours of departure for China. Another needs to be within 72 hours. They have to be separated by 24 hours. And then eventually you end up applying through the app, which also maybe or maybe not monitors your, you know, voice communication and sends them to the Chinese government is sort of the rumors on social media. Um, so you apply to the Chinese government for a green health code that, it, that I'm going to need here in LA to get on my airplane to go to Tokyo. Um, I'll land in Tokyo, uh, hopefully uh, get on a plane to Beijing. I get to Beijing. Uh, then immediately upon uh like exiting the plane, uh, you get another PCR test. They drive you presumably in hazmat, like up to your hotel three hours from the airport. And they, I don't know that they actually lock you in your room, but they lock you in your room until your COVID test comes back negative. And if it comes back positive, then you get to go to a quote unquote isolation hotel, which, you know, may or may not be a detention camp in Xinjiang. We'll see. Um, so, you know, I've <laughs> been taking a lot of precautions, whole gigantic rigmarole. You know, I have like a, I'm going to deal with like a new SIM card so I can have a burner phone. I have a burner laptop because the Anchorage FBI very generously consulted with me and they were like, don't take your laptop. Um, it's just kind of a huge cluster of like technology and everything else. And, um, you know, we'll see if I even get there or if we've, you know, kind of lit $7,000 worth of airfare and hotel on fire. And then if I have to go to an isolation hotel, I think we have to pay over again for an extra hotel, you know, for it. Yeah. I was looking at the, um, at the uh, playbook, which is kind of the ruling document yesterday. And it's like, unless you're an athlete or a coach. Yeah. It makes sense. Actually, It's it's on you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean, it it makes sense up to a point. It's like, why couldn't you just isolate in your room at a normal hotel and not leave where you're already That's true. But that's true. Good point. And then beyond that, it's like, you know, I think like Tokyo, like for the athletes, like, you're in this closed loop system so you can go to other Olympic venues, but like you can't cross the street to like, go talk to a Chinese person about like, you know, what do you think of human rights abuses, uh, using all your water for snowmaking, you know, whatever. So it'll be an interesting, interesting trip for sure. And hopefully we'll be able to kind of keep supplying some updates through the pod as, uh, merited. 
Yeah, well, that's what we're trying to hope for. That's what like we're, we we really hope you get there and get firsthand get firsthand experience because this is like you know we're making a lot of jokes about like or not jokes it's not jokes but we're like you know it's gallows humor a little bit like this is a crazy situation and there's a lot of discussion like should there even be a winter olympics happening right now in the current climate that's happening with covid and omicron you know that's to each their own to make their their own decisions of like or like you keep not decisions you can make your own <clears throat> verdict on that all you want but the fact of the matter is this is happening and it, it's, it's, it's happening. And the IOC is not stopping. Like it's it obviously it's going to happen. And I think it's, it's great that you could share your experience for the listeners. And like, for me, I mean, like people need to understand just like the, the undertaking that this has become, like, I feel so bad for these athletes. That it's like, you know, it's your first ever Olympics, especially the first time Olympians, you're, you're really excited. You're going to be racing to crickets, man. You're not going to hear and no fans. And you're going to be scared as hell. They're getting tested every single day. Are you, do you have to be tested every day as well? Every single day. Every day. Yeah. yeah yep. So, so, so you're running this stress every single day um, to be a journalist or to be, to be an athlete competing. And, and it's just, man, it's yeah, not about yeah. sport anymore. And it, 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 it makes oh. me wonder like, you know, whose interests are being served. What is the point of, yeah, of, yeah. of doing this? And it, you know, it's sort of like, well, NBC is exactly. being served and the IOC is being served, but like, you know, the Chinese athletes being abducted by the Chinese government. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, so I think that'll be interesting. It's like, I was just yesterday looking at some social media, like, uh, um, you know, there was a photo, there was a photo from Joanne Reed, I think, or Claire Egan, one of the American biathletes of them getting on their plane to Beijing. And, you know, it was like of the boarding door. And there are these like two, they're on air China and these like two, people presumably like chinese games people in full hazmat suits yeah, like respirators yeah. it's just like this is dystopian it's like it's, yeah, it's dystopian. Up. yeah it is it's really, it's really sad. and you know uh, i i tip my hat to like i mean i i can't believe if you were the beijing olympic committee uh, sorry the beijing organizing committee that had to deal with these kind of headaches like, man, you got to tip your hat to the, it's crazy. I mean, like all the volunteers that are still showing up to volunteer for these, <laughs> for these games and helping out for this. It's not the experience that any other Olympic volunteer in the history of the games has ever had to deal with. And so, no, I, I just, it really breaks my heart. I, you know, I got mixed, I got mixed emotions with these Olympics. Like I said, quite frankly, I'm like disillusioned with the IOC altogether. Like anything about the IOC just makes me want to vomit. Um, speaking of like corrupt and just, ugh. but, but the events themselves, man, I'm pumped to see, like, they're not my peers anymore. Now I'm just like an out of shape dad, but like, you know, I still know, I still have like really tight ties to the, to the world cup of skiing. And I, a lot of these people I raced with for a long, long time. And I know them fairly well and I'm cheering them on with everything I can for, them to have beautiful performances and I, and I hope they can do that despite it all. And uh, I'm so incredibly impressed with all, all the athletes that are there and I couldn't imagine competing and, and chasing a beautiful performance with this level of stress on top of it. And I'm, I'm in awe. I am, I'm in awe and not just the athletes too, yourselves, journalists, that the staff, like, I mean, if you don't think that like Matt Whitcomb's also under this duress and, and, and Grover and, all the wax technicians, uh, all the therapists, everything. It's just, it's a, it, this is an, a monumental um, undertaking 
for something as frivolous as just like skiing around in a circle as fast as you can in, in, in Asia. I mean, well, and yeah. you gotta hope that those guys find ways to um, find some yeah, you do. Yeah, and they will. Um, and, and yeah, exactly. And I hope the joy comes with like, the, like I said, and, and you too, even though you are, you got to put, especially now that you're about to leave, like you have to wear your journalistic hat a little more, but like, and I'm not a journalist, so I can say, but I really hope that those beautiful performances give the joy to the athletes, the teammates, the staff, and that, that people are able to raise to their, to their potential. And, and we'll, we'll make some magical moments in a very dystopian, bizarro environment. Should we yep. just leave it there? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll uh, hopefully catch you on the flip side here. Otherwise, I'll be just doing some armchair commentating from isolation here in LA if I test nice. positive later today. So, okay. Well, yeah, good luck, man. Time. Good luck. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time. And then for people listening, like, we're really going to try here to like put out a podcast after each race during the Olympic Games and uh, try and break down what's happened. That's, that's the goal, anyway. Thanks for sticking with us. We'll be back.